Babble, Bullshit, and Beyond, a podcast hosted by me, Marco Kiris, bringing you a standards perspective of the film industry and an immigrant's perspective on America. The most fluffy, fun, pop bullshit you can tune into. Today on the podcast, we have Amy McCarthy, my stand-in buddy on National Treasure and sister to reality TV star and radio personality, Jenny McCarthy. Much like myself, Amy had a brief fling with the Hollywood film industry, but now resides in a small town in Michigan where she has pursued her dream of starting a business as a fitness instructor. Hey, can I have up now? You look gorgeous, girly. No, I don't. My glasses on like you? Yes. Hold on, let me get those. There we go. Oh my God. I'm gonna put you through a workout before we begin. Oh, good, good, good. I'm actually not as big as I may look while I'm sitting because when I look, stand, see, you I'll look amazing my... and those boobs are popping out more than my hairdo, girl. Those look at are... the guns. Holy moly, those are guns. <laughs> I, know. I know, you should see my little workout room in there. I'll show you later. Oh, I love that. Marco, I'm so happy to see you. I am too, look what's behind me. How do we do this? Boobs, look, more oh. boobs. You know where what? that's from? No. Face Off. That's the art from Nick's loft in the movie Face When he goes face off. Right. That's the actual piece. And I put it up here in my uh, little family room. Is that funny? That, did you take anything from National Treasure or no? No, a lot of residual checks. I took a lot of residuals. But uh, no, other than the, uh, I think we got a jacket. What did we get out of National Treasure? I don't know. I didn't get shit. I got what? a lot of smoke smoke bumps is what I probably got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the amount of smoke in that stage with yes. the uh when they made it look like it was uh below ground. Yes. Do you remember when what's her was it Diane? What's her name? Diane, Diane Kruger? Kruger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember how mad she was when I was wearing her dress uh-huh. for one of the scenes? I was terrified. I was terrified <laughs> because she was like she I think she saw me. It was just like why is she wearing my dress? But... <laughs> because you were photo doubling. That's why she wore exactly. the dress. And yeah. you looked hot in that dress. <laughs> you looked great. You had a tight little body and you still have a tight little body with those popping boobs. I, I know these things are insane. God, they're bigger they're just... than my big fat Greek hairy nipples. I'm telling you, <laughs> those are big and white and, you know, full of homo milk. That's oh unbelievable. <laughs> well, I can train. I can work you out because this is part of the program. I do online training, Marco. You're kidding. No, I got one at one at one, like in a, like an hour. I have one girl from Chicago that I'll be training on Skype. Oh, right, right. So you do a Skype thing and she just does this like, oh, just like they do on TV, like those Jane Fonda yeah. workouts. You have the TV thing on only yeah. to one on one. Wow. that is. <laughs> and what a beautiful house. That's a perfect place to do a workout. A I know. It's that, that whole room is my whole fitness room back there. Oh, oh I that. love it. You know what? Yeah. If you, you got to have a nice big house if you're outside of Chicago. since You, you know, do. You know, if you're going to move outside of the city and live in Michigan, you got to have that real estate. You do. You do. And that's it's great. It's quite little suburbia, little suburban town. Yeah, but you've got the two little kiddie poos. I they do. they run around and they're safe and they get to be in the backyard and they yeah. got the little cars and things. There and the is... chalk and the driveway and the worms and yeah. I think that's funny. Amy, you look fantastic. Thanks, like, Marco. You look amazing. I can't believe you're 40. <laughs> I can't either. I'm 40. Oh, Jesus. You're 40 going on 20. Yes. Oh, I wish. I was. I met you in my 20s. I know. I, I remember. Yeah, because I moved out to California when I was like 20, 22 or 3 or something like that. Huh. I was already like 40 at that age. I remember that. Yeah, that was sad in itself. And I was like burnt out and bloated and beyond and bitchy. And I was you know fucking nasty. That was, that's one thing that you always said to me. I remember every morning you would be like, oh, I'm so bloated. I could just feel it in my face. I'm so bloated. <laughs> I was though. I mean, I mean, look what we ate all day long. We had Tony's catering. He was, he seemed to be on every movie on the world. And there was croissants and bacon and eggs and steaks and lobster and prime roast beef. I ate all of it. <laughs> I, don't re- <laughs> I don't remember you eating all of it because I think I remember you saying like I'm not eating this crap after so long 
Well, I was, um, I think I was like developing colitis or other things, you know, things were crawling in my body, all that processed food. And then we're out, you know, they were barbecuing in the middle of nowhere. Remember, that was a, a five state film that I was on. You yes. did the LA portion. That's it. Yeah. I got to travel around and then had to have little mini me Amy's that I had to coach a bunch of directs. I couldn't. So I was like, "Where is Amy? I wish I could have they, afforded her to come into my hotel room." They then put I me could up. Be, I could be getting residuals right now. You could, but I was on cage wage, so that was a, a different contract. That was like the cage wage contract. <laughs> you're lucky. You're lucky, oh, Marco. <laughs> the whole, and you're not going to believe this, but um, the director Turtle Tob. When we were in Philadelphia, they needed a construction worker as an extra. So they dressed me up as a construction worker. And for some reason, they kept me in the movie. And I played opposite Nick while he was running up and down the, uh, the roofs of Philadelphia. And uh, for some reason, I ended up being face to face with Nick. And they just kept a sliver of it in there. And I think he was just, he just looked like he ran into me, not knowing that I was going to play this scene. I'm just like, yeah, sorry, Nick. I was like, he looked at me like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> and it was on camera. And I think they kind of kept that portion of it. And that kind of ensured my residual contract. So if there was ever any doubt, my face oh. slightly made it for a split second with the top. And of course, off camera, everybody on set, including Turtletop, did this whole YMCA thing, mocking right. me as like the village people, like, you know, with a crowbar up my crack. So oh they just, my. you know, they were mocking me again. Oh God! I, I remember was, my scene because I had—I think I was sitting in the front seat, and I had to open some book with all this money. And I think I forgot who the—who was the main actor besides Nick in there? It was the younger kid with Diane. Oh, Kruger. Justin Barta. I yeah, believe. so I yeah. think he was saying lines with me, and then I just had to like flumble all this money. And that was in the, that they kept that part, so at least I got to see like this much of my boobs <laughs> in the movie in my hands. That was it. You know, I mean, Diane was also, you know, a stunning chick, but uh, you're really good in the booby department, I will say, yes. Amy. I did yeah. see your photographs. I did get the magazine when it was when when you were doing the Playboy thing. Yeah, uh, I bought the magazine way back. That was, I think, 10 years ago. And you were on Howard Stern. I was 2000 and like 2003 or four, somewhere around there. It was right around National Treasure time or just after National Treasure. Yep. So and and Howie is a booby boy, as we all know. I mean, his whole uh, world revolves around boobs. Yes, yeah. So and I remember, I'll I'll remember that day because I had like a photo shoot about two weeks before that. They were part of like Frito Lay or something like that, and I was wearing, you know, basketball was my thing growing up. So they put me in a basketball jersey, and I was doing like some shot. And then I went on Howard Stern and it was going to be all over like the grocery stores and like this big, you know, huh. blow up photo of me. Then they found out I was on Howard Stern and then they pulled it. Really? Yes. Because they said it was, they, they didn't want someone associated with that huh. and that. So they said, bye bye. So they took my head off and they put somebody else's head on my body. Oh my God. They, so they still used it, but not me. Not my face. How funny is that? They did that when I did the poster for Nick Cage on National Treasure, they took his face in my body. Of course, they had to like trim it down and go through the whole computer graphics because I was too swollen and bloated. So my, you know, so they had to, you know, he has a tight waist. I, I wasn't that tight. And um, I was more on the loosey-goosey side, as we all know. But my hair was tight, <laughs> but they couldn't use the hair. So so they used oh. the poster when I was in that whole thing and Debbie Travis was doing the wardrobe and she's laughing at me. She's like, you're on set shooting this whole thing. She says, now they want you to do the poster thing. She says, why are you, you're making another $700 today just to do the poster. I'm like, bitch, that's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to your grand that you were making a day and the people are like, wait a minute. You know, Barry Walden would come up to me, the executive producer, and he would say, there goes money. So they just, they called me money with quotations. I thought that was hysterical. There goes oh. money, not the money shop, but there goes money. This guy walks around with bags of bucks around yes. his pocket. So they were, they were mocking me the whole time. <laughs> Are you going to do off camera dialogue? I said, I don't think so. I think it's, it's, it costs a little more. And he looked at me like, it was crazy. But when you first started, like when you first started standing in, was it always a contract from day one or was no. it just as you started working on more movies? No, I basically was, you know, on a nothing contract like anybody else, just like okay. a regular nobody. They kind of like told you to fuck like off. Me. Yeah. <laughs> like You is a nobody. So shut up and stand under a light and don't say a word. And I just talked like I do now. 
And for some reason, it caught the eyes of the director and cinematographer and Nick. And they kind of liked what I said, but I was right. overstepping my boundaries, of course. But I didn't really care because I thought, what are they going to do? Fire me as a stand-in? Fuck them. It's fucking <laughs> snowing. It's cold. I'm freezing. I'm making 100 bucks a day. I don't give a shit. I'd rather be a waiter again. So as I kept talking, they kept praising me for some stupid reason. So that's where it all started. And then I started to work after film after and then I became the diva when you got to meet me on set and we're rambling around on stage and I was yeah. Mr. Know-it-all and <laughs> you were great except then I heard uh, all of a sudden I'm walking back to my chair and you're walking back to your trailer yeah and I was like <laughs> how did this happen <laughs> it was in my contract I insisted on my trailer they're like would you give it up no I want my trailer. I want to sit there. I want to brush my teeth after lunch. I want to take a nappy poo. You know, I, I, you I, know I remember you saying nappy poo. I'm going to brush my teeth. And there was <laughs> some other things that I remember, but it just all like, I just never forgot you because I just always loved Marco. I'm like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I mean, we had a blast. We laughed a lot on that set because it was so ridiculous. Some of the shots, the scenes were ridiculous. Uh, mainly LA was on stage. That stage was brutal, Amy. Like yes. showing up at like five, six o'clock in the morning with all that smoke and they smoke, would have it dark in there all the time and just depressing and and cold yeah. because it had cold. to look like it was ice cold. It was terrible the entire time. Yes. It was yeah. so many people were so sick on that set, including the cinematographer and you know, and, and the still photographer, Zuckerman. We were all sick. It yes. Never sure. stopped. Do you remember the other crazy stand-in that we had that was standing in for the, the, the younger kid, the younger actor that was I was doing the lines with in the back that he was talking about? He was always, like, crazy. Do you remember him? Yeah, I kind of remember him, but I tried to avoid him. He was just, like, you know, one of those, like, desperate young kids who just wanted to be on a set, but he was, like, nuts. There's a lot of lunatics, you know, in yes. that department of... And that's why I loved you, because you were a normal person doing this as a job. And yes. I was doing this as a job. I knew that I was going to be gone. <laughs> I was yes. like, invest, go away, goodbye. That's right. all I can thinking about because yes. we were real people doing the job that usually, you know, people a little offbeat would be doing. Somebody right. who's kind of like just off the streets ends up being on a film set and kind of like shows up. And it's like, right. oh, okay, well, sure, man, I'll 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 make a hundred bucks a day and I'll uh, I'll stand on this movie with uh, Nick Cage. Great. That's usually <laughs> the people they hired. And then there was right. me and you. And we're like yes. divas. Where's my chair? Where's my trailer? <laughs> I need my makeup artist. Where's my special wardrobe rack? Which was a joke in itself. And just, you can't fit into his wardrobe. Well, make it up for me. What do I care? <laughs> I said, I'm getting paid. So I remember having my photo double wardrobe rack. And then I yes. had my stand-in wardrobe rack. I was such a right. fucking diva. I remember on you set. coming in with your bag over your shoulder mm -hmm. with it all pressed and all ready to go. And <laughs> sometimes you just give me a wave. I'll be back. I'm going to my trailer. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> They're not ready for me. I'm like, fuck them. <laughs> I was like, God, I wish you were on every set with me as a stand-in because you got you knew exactly what was going on and when the, when the day was starting, when the day was ending, when we were eating. You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're, we might go into overtime today. I'm like, how the hell do you know? <laughs> I was always awake and alert, and that was what I think was my claim to fame, and that's also why Barry Waldman called me money. And I, it ran into so much turnover time. And, of course, I was on Cage Wage. And so, Amy, on Cage Wage, you're also on a door-to-door um, -door contract at this time. So if you can believe it, I had a 12-hour door-to-door, just like the actors did. So they couldn't violate those hours unless they paid me a day and a half time zone. So it became ridiculous. Right. So the money was like over the top. And then I signed that residual contract. And then I went from state to state to state. So five states shooting that thing on so much overtime and so many meal penalties, it became ludicrous. At the end like of the day, that. it was enough for a good down payment on a nice townhouse. So that's, that's the way I kind of saw it. I said, who Amazing. wants to be an actor when you can be a standing for Nick? Exactly. And then here I am standing in for my sister, making the $100 a day. And then Mark goes way up here. I'm like, I would come home and tell my tell her about it. And then I would tell my makeup artist sister Jojo about it. And she's like, that's insane. I go, I know this guy has his own trailer. He has like basically his assistants. I'm like, he, and he gets car service. I'm like, who has all this? <laughs> it was cage wage. That's why I call yes. it the cage wage world. It was a ridiculous world. I remember there was like 12 of us. We had hair, makeup, wardrobe, standing, starting. We were like, yes. we had like this 
Elvis entourage walking on set. Everybody was exactly. there. Our personal PAs, executive assistants, double decaf, half cap assistants, office assistants, part time assistants, wannabe assistants, fucking drivers, wannabe drivers, part time drivers, <laughs> unlicensed drivers for the weekends. You know, what I mean, we had it all. It was too funny. You had to memorize everybody's name. It was rough. Amazing. <laughs> Oh, it was. God. And I loved my hotel room. So they always put me up in this nice hotel in West Hollywood with a rooftop pool. I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it was nice. I think I remember. I might have. I feel like I dropped you off there one time. It was like, I remember it was like a white building. But you you told me that you had to request before you would go there that the carpets had to be cleaned. You mm -hmm. had to have like fresh this or new linens and new sheets, right? New pillows. Yeah. I wanted it my works. nine downfield pillows. I wanted a king size bed. I wanted to face the back by the bushes because I didn't want any noise because I needed my quiet time. Right. I needed the carpets to be shampooed. So when I walk in, they're still damp. So I know that they weren't lying to me. And I didn't want anybody to walk in with shoes. And I only wanted maid service once a week. I wanted no duvets, but I wanted comforters, downfield comforters. <laughs> and I can't believe, Amy, they did it. I would have requested a couple of days in advance. I asked for it by room. I wanted a full-on suite. I wanted the, um, the fridge filled up. I wanted my Perrier water. And lo and behold, it was there. You know, Amazing. I, sh I couldn't fucking believe it. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> and see, you get stuff done. You do. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, it's I, I mean, it was it was a good time in that respect. You know, I wanted to self park. They're like, no, so we're gonna only valet parking. I don't want to valet park. I want to come and go as I please. I remember who was staying in the hotel was um, Martin Landau, Academy Award winning actor Martin yep. Landau would live there three four months a year because he lived outside of L.A. So that was his home. And I would also see uh, Jane Fonda's brother, uh, Peter Fonda, would live there as well oh, really? because he was outside of there. But the Martin Landau one, one night I was coming home and it was from downtown somewhere. And uh, and I was coming in, it was late at night and I, I self park and I'm hearing some old man mumbling something in the car and I'm thinking there's something, somebody's in this parking lot, it's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm kind of nervous. It was a one level parking lot. So I park a few cars away and I see there's an old man just mumbling in some old car, like an Oldsmobile. Mm -hmm. And it was Martin Landau rehearsing his lines in the middle of the night for some shoot that he was doing the next day in his car so he wouldn't wake up the neighbors in his uh, hotel living space. Oh my gosh. And, I, and he would always, hello, how are you? I was like, hi, how are you? I'm thinking, what? <laughs> he must have been 75 years old <laughs> sitting in his car he was so polite but the best part Amy was having you there because I'm telling you once we left LA it became a rougher shoot I mean Philadelphia was rough New York was rough DC was rough Utah was a, a nightmare up in that mountain yes 9,000 feet up it was terrible oh. I remember you emailing me about that when you, I think you emailed me maybe like a sentence because you're like, yeah. you know how I, you know how I don't like to email. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And that wasn't even my computer because I didn't own a computer until 2009. Right. So that was off of the hotel computer, wherever I was in some shithole. But, oh uh, and that was as good as I can, because we had no cell reception. So I couldn't even call and we were literally 9,000 uh, feet up above sea level in, in the snow was supposed to be Alaska and it looked like Alaska. We'd use bobcats to get up to that set and it was a 360 degree uh, view except for like one sliver, maybe 20 feet wide that we would have a mini base camp with a porta potty. It was minus 50 outside and we're all in our parkas and by the time you piss, it's frozen. <laughs> and I'm a pisser, but and I had to photo double a lot because Nick was doing things. So I had to like dig and dig and it was my hands and Turtle no. Tob didn't like the way I was digging. I was digging like a dog versus like a person. So he pushes me aside, wears the outfit himself, and then he digs as Nick. It was really oh, funny. Oh my God. That's... He, I mean, he's a very good director, but he was not so into me. And he was buddies with Nick because they went to high school together. They both went to oh, uh, BH High. Yeah, way back then. They were the same age and, you know, they kind of led their own swanky little life. Turtle Top came wow. from a good it family. It seemed a little intimidating to me. I mean, everybody on that set seemed, like, except, except for you, just, like, intimidating until, like, you got to know them a little bit. But people were just very, like, you know, focused on what they were doing, of course. But yeah, thank God for you. Yeah, <laughs> thank Seriously. God for you. Because we got, got to laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm... Two of them? We did two, two National Treasures no. together, right? It was mostly done in Europe, the other one. So, no, it was the one. Got it. But, All right, uh, but it was a five, six-month shoot, 
approximately. It was it was an insane shoot. Yes. A lot of luggage back and forth. A lot of carrying. But everybody else was terrible, Amy. When we were off to these other states. Poor Diane Kruger. She had a different girl for every place that she was at. And they were just... You know, they were all non-union because you're in these non-union states. So it was just some girl. She's like, oh, yeah, what do I do? And I'm thinking I would kill to have Amy here. You know, just to have her, I could just put her up in the hotel room and be fine. But right. <laughs> uh, they were not into it. You know, they spent billions of dollars on this. On this, so I don't know what. It was all over the place. And they right. could have brought you in for next to nothing. Exactly. I wasn't making $1,000 a day. It would have been maybe 150 They could. I could have done that. Oh, easy. Easy. And it would have been more fun because we had a good time in Philadelphia with Debbie Travis. And uh, she was a lot of fun. We went to the Rocky Museum. We saw, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. We were out in New York a lot. So we nice. enjoyed those parts of it when we weren't working. Just, oh, we, you know, as much as you can see, we can see. And we stayed in, of course, the best hotels because of course. that was a perk. It was a crazy time. And Philadelphia was fun. And I got to go up in that, the bell, the... Um, the Liberty? No. The Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell. And uh, that was a big thrill. So, of course, That's I secretly cool. took photographs. I don't know if they're still, you know, allowed, but I still have them on film. Oh, that's so, cool. I know you probably did have some amazing experiences, but were you ever like claustrophobic in any of them? Like where you're just like, get me out of here. I can't, I can't do this. Uh, well, pretty much every day. The work was like, you know, treacherous because of the hours and, you know, yeah. and the stage was terrible because of the smoke that we right. had to go through. I remember you would talk about the smoke all the time. You would be like, oh, this is just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just the biggest thing was always like, I'm so bloated today. Amy, I'm so bloated today. <laughs> well, I was eating. Here's what it was, Amy. Because <laughs> working for Nikki Poo, I had to not miss a moment. So he was right. in every shot. And if he wasn't in every shot, he was in every off shot. Or it was over the shoulder. Or it was his POV. So I couldn't run to the bathroom. So you, you had to eat constipated food all the time. So I didn't have time to run to a washroom because I knew that every shot was on him. So I kept eating for energy and everything was donuts and croissants in the morning and you know, it's all that. So I wouldn't eat anything that would make me go to the bathroom or have the run. So I'd, I'd ease up on the frappy happy cappies and I'd have like regular kind of syrupy coffee just so I can kind of digest it with the, with the six croissants I was having that morning just to keep that energy going like a doughboy. So unfortunately, Turtle Tob saw that I was not looking so hot. And he preferred to have Eddie Yancey, the stunt guy, do a lot of stuff because he just thought that I was eating myself out of a job, which I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of begging to have that, like, you know, normal routine of going to a bathroom. And that yes. was, uh, it was hard to do that. So I had to try to time it while it was a complete stunt thing or if it was focused on someone else that Nick was not in the character. And then I would just like eat myself with oily food so I can just, you know, have that release. <laughs> of course, I wanted my own trailer. So I had my own toilet paper because they give you that that um, one ply sheet that was like saran wrap. Yes. So I would just buy and have my own toilet paper because I like of a three ply. Of course, I oh. like squeezing the Charmin. So oh That's the only kind I'll buy. Charmin. Yes, and I wouldn't use the tap water, so I would always have bottled water. I would insist on a case of water in my trailer because I didn't trust <laughs> those fuckers. So I always had my own bottled water oh with a little thing of ice just to have it so I can just clean myself up the way I need to. You know, do a little bidet action in case any action yes. was going to happen after lunch. Yeah, of course it never yeah. did. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember you talking about that. I know you talked about just getting reapplying the powder and the makeup. Yeah, a lot of powder. Know. Yes, a lot of powder. A lot of. I'm telling you, half powder puff will travel. I yes. had that thing in my little fanny pack with me the, all the time, and the little <laughs> tiny mirror and all my little I makeup. I had. Yeah. I was so fucking greasy and oily with all the smoke in there. I kept shining, and they couldn't light me. They would bitch about it all the time. So I would apply all that powder to mat my face down and to look like a white person because I look like a greasy Greek. And Nick was so damn fucking ghost white. It was. I'd have to suck in my cheeks. I did this. I remember you did. <laughs> because the, the shadows for the lighting. I was like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how's that? How's this good? Yeah. All right. Let's power everything down. <laughs> it was job security. Never mind the lifts I had in those boots. Oh, yeah, my one right. and a quarter inch lifts, which I had to live and climb the mountains off because he was so tall. Oh my God. What's how was he? Like six three or no? He's like six one, six one and a half. Hmm. And that was five eleven and a half. And uh, the only thing that brought us up to par was my hairdo. So I had about two and a half inches of hair, which kind of <laughs> deflected 
the visual for the cinematographer. And so they kind of focused on the hairdo, except that was wrong too, because we had to like make it look like Nick's. That was a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was, you know, it was a lot of strategy, but it was a lot of thought behind every movement that I made, uh, Amy. So as much of a stand-in that I was, I felt like I, I really need to represent him the right way. And I needed to make sure that the camera department was happy, which I'm not right. sure if they ever were because they looked at me like a goomba anyway. Just, yeah, are they ever are they ever happy though? No, no. they're miserable. No. no. Yeah. That's why I carried my own <laughs> marks as well. My tape marks and my chalk marks. Oh, I would carry it. them because they would you know, they'd have to go back and forth and I didn't want to deal with these guys. So I would just mark myself. And I, I think say, I remember that. Yeah, you know, it's like marking Marco and it's like never mind, Marco's marking himself. And I just like mark myself. They're like, yeah, stand another inch to the left. I got it, guys. Don't bother coming up here. I'll mark it. They're like, will you tell Nick? I'll tell Nick and he'll see it. Don't worry about it. That was another thing I was afraid of because I think she didn't want it. You know, Diane did not want me to tell her like if they said, oh, they're making a change of just having to turn your body a little bit more to the camera left or camera right. And I didn't want to tell her because it's like, you know, she never looked at me in the eyes. And I was like, what did I do? I'm just your stand-in. You're the yeah. one that's making like almost probably a million dollars on this movie. And here I am making my hundred bucks. I said, I just need you to turn left or right. But I was too afraid, too afraid to tell her. Well, she was, you know, that was also one of her first big films. And so she oh, was, I think, insecure about that stuff. And so here yeah. comes this hot blonde bombshell, which is you could take over in a minute because that's how Hollywood works. Yeah. And uh, so there's a bit of you know, intimidation there. Nick was never intimidated because he was a superstar and I was just like the Goomba on set. But right. she was a, a beginner and here you were and blah, blah, blah. And so that, you know, you can't say much and then they have to readjust it. Whereas I right. would say whatever I wanted because I always thought, well, if they fired me, I get to go home. It's <laughs> like, well, if I get fired, I get to go back to civvy land and live like a real person and maybe invest in businesses and it'll be a better life. So you I didn't really care. when you want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept making fun of me because they would, you know, think that I was illegal the whole time. Well, you're you're Canadian. You're taking away somebody, some American job. I said, buddy, then why don't you go talk to the boss? Yeah. Because uh, it's on his back. I was happy you were there. I was too. Very I happy. Said, Fuck you guys. I have a U.S. passport anyway. <laughs> so they hated that. Yeah, I'm sure it's fake. Fake. I said, no, it's not fake. It's real. And I'm going home after this. <laughs> I take my money and go. I go, remember go, that. Go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Amy, what's it like as well? Like you did a bunch of those films and then you also work with Sister Jenny. I did. What were you working on with her? Uh, with Jenny, she worked on, a, at the time, a bunch of different pilots. Because, you know, in that world, yes. you shoot about, you know, maybe a couple pilots a year and some get picked up, some don't. So I that was like every year was a different pilot with her. Or if it was a, even if it was a... Um, if she was on a sitcom for a couple episodes, yeah, I would go, depending on what show it was, I would go with her. Well, then the perk I, with her is I get, get to go sit in her dressing room, yeah. you know, and, and actually people I was taken care of. But then on other days when I wasn't working for her, it was just like any other day. Like you go and sit with all the other extras, all the other stand-ins, and that's what you do. But the nice part with her, I was also, I got to learn because I was going wanting to be an actress mm-hmm. back then. Me but too. I'm so glad it, I'm not. Yes, me too. Ugh. So I got to just, I mean, I get, you You learn a lot from just what you see, you know, from all, from all the background stuff. But, you know, it was cool to be a part of working with her. Like, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some stuff I did, uh, I was an extra, even when I was her stand-in. But they told me, you can't face camera because you look too much like her and she's not even supposed to be in the scene. Yeah. So there were some days where they're like, can you also be an extra today? And I'm like, nope, can't. So it was night. Nice. Those were the perks of like, I get to say no. Yes. That's what I said with Nick. No. <laughs> but it was fun. We d- I did that with her probably for six years. Six years? Six years. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long. I thought it was a couple of years, Amy. Yeah. No, it was like pretty much the entire time when I lived out in California. I was doing my own thing, trying to build myself and then also work, you know, to make money, I had to do something. So yeah. I was an extra and then a stand in and. And then, yeah, that's what I did. But you did then, a couple of films also. Some, some yes, fun, I did cute, my, fun I did films. a lot of, you know, commercials. And I did. Uh, was in one of her movies that she, uh, her ex-husband directed and she wrote. So I got to be in that a l- little bit. But they had to dye my hair. It was supposed to be black and ended up turning gray. So mm-hmm. obviously in post, they had to change it to black. 
and a lot of I did a lot of um, you know not stand up but like hosting events stuff like that so it's like I made my niche I did it for a little while I knew that it wasn't going to be a long term lifelong job that I wanted to have but it was fun while it lasted and then I can see that and what about um, but you were married at the time I was married at the time and then when I was well, then I got divorced and then I moved from California to St. Louis, Missouri, which yeah. was completely Missouri. Yes. And it was right in the heart of winter at the time. And people are like, why are you moving there? Well, of course I met someone and then I was married to him for a few years and I started getting back into the, what I went to school for. I went to school for exercise science and I said, well, fitness has always been my thing and started back doing that and years went on had some kids, got divorced again. <laughs> you know what, Amy, like a lot of people, though, I have to tell you, you know, it's it's very hard to be with somebody. And you try it out. You're young. You you think you've got the right person. He thinks he is the right girl. And things just change. Yes. And uh, so, I, uh, you know, there's, there's what people think about with a divorce. And then there's a reality behind it. It's like, you just need to move on. It's like this you person's do. a lovely person, but we're just not compatible. This person's a nice yes. person. I'm glad I have these lovely kids with this person, but now we're going to stay friends because this is not working. We need to move Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yes. And I did. I learned a lot from my first marriage thinking, you know, that was my 20s. That was just like, that was yeah. just kind of like a, you know, oh, I'm just going to try this out. And we just grew apart. And then the second marriage is, you're right. It just, we just became more friends than we are companions. And it was just time to move on. And, then I moved back to Chicago and started building my business with fitness, and now I'm living in Novi, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never heard of, but there's a lot of nice towns out there, outside of Chicago and outside of Detroit. They're lovely towns. There these, are. These homegrown towns with nice properties, and it's just this, this quaint Midwestern feel from right. what I've seen, because I've driven through those areas before, and they're very pretty. You they know. are, yeah. I mean, they could be a little boring at times, but it's like I'm yeah. not into you know, the party scene anymore. I'm just mm -hmm. all about, you know, having fun with my kids and my friends and not, you know, going crazy until four o'clock in the morning anymore. It's just yeah. not my thing. It never really has been my thing, but. Me neither. Just, I've never done it. I've never been into it at all, uh, Amy. And I just, you know, I live in a, a townhouse here and I'm, I'm just not into it. I like to go to bed early, take care of work, you know, go out for coffee, little frappy, happy, cappy times. Yep. That I, that I remember <laughs> you, know. you saying too, yeah. my frappy, happy, cappies. <laughs> I never went out. The whole time you saw me on National Treasure, I, I never went out to party, did nothing. You know, went out for an occasional drink and that was about it, maybe a dinner and I was done. I was uh, not into it. It's just, I, yeah. I just like yourself. I do like to have my wine occasionally, mm -hmm. which that I do like. But yeah, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to feel like crap the next day and hungover mm. and you know, I think my with my lifestyle and fitness, it's it's too important. And yeah, yeah. What what do you do for workout? Do you do weights? What do you do cardio? I I do uh, weights, uh, Amy. Uh, not big weights, but I do I do the uh, twenty five pounds, and then I do the fifteen when I do this, and then I do twenty five yeah. through here. I go on the treadmill for a good forty minutes, and the good. not the you, what is it called? Upalyptus? No, upa. The, 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 the elliptical. Yeah, the, that one. The the elliptical one. <laughs> Um, so I go on that thing, and of course, that brings on an audience because I look a little funky when I'm pretending like I want to be skiing. So uh, I just, I, I don't have the right posture for it. So I just, a lot of people just kind of like walk by and look at me weird. Like, who's this, what is he doing? And he's doing it wrong. And I always do it backwards. I don't know which way is forward. So because okay. when I was Debbie in, in LA, we go to her gym, and she can't work out because she laughs too much. Oh my so, God, please take a video. Has someone take a video? I, she can't, she can't. She has to like stop. She has to literally leave and go into another space because she just looks at me with my big fat Greek hairy nibbles hanging out of my tank top while I'm <laughs> going backwards. And she's going backwards. I said, I can't tell what's forward and backwards. How do you know in this fucking thing? It doesn't tell you. And That's so hilarious. she's like, you're so useless. I said, yeah, but at least I'm pumping something. You know what I That's mean? That's right. That's so, right. So, and, and I feel good because now I'm, you know, 55. So I'm. When you're on set too, like I remember back in the day, it's like you're you're on that for 15, 16 hours, sometimes longer. You don't have the energy to work out. I mean, no. my there are people like you know Nick that would probably have trainers come in, but yes. I just remember for myself just being like, God, this is exhausting. I couldn't do this on a day to day basis for the rest of my life. Like I can't. I watch 
my sister Jojo, who's the makeup artist, who has those long, grueling days still, and she's like 42, and she's like, I, I can't do this much longer. It just takes so much out of you. Mm-hmm. There's a certain lifespan, Amy, with it, um, and you really have to be smart about it and then pick up, make your money, and then switch occupations. And yes. that's why I did it. I did it for 10 years, and I got sick over it many times. I was always sick, you know, nothing on Tylenol, Advil, all kinds of pills that you have to do because you get sick and you just have to invest your money to get out of the business. So yep. to me, it was like, how am I get the, how do I get out of this thing? And how do I invest? And to me, it was all about real estate at that point to yeah. end up investing just to get out of the business because I was getting sick. And I thought I wanted to live and I wanted to get healthier. Yes. And real estate was also tough because I was renovating and stuff. So that was very tough. I but- remember those are the days that you were telling me that, like you're saying like you have real estate here and you have real estate there. And I'm like, how? Oh, how does this guy do this? He's a stand. <laughs> he's a cage wage. That's how I did it. <laughs> no. But as, as I got to know you more, then I understood that you were on cage wage. Yeah. I didn't know that right away until you started to really fill me in. I was like, oh, I said, oh, I gotta find out how my I can get on the Jenny wage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's you know, that guy was making twenty million at the time, so True. it wasn't yes. a big deal to pay me what I was getting paid. So they right. didn't look at it like it was outrageous. Right. So, but I just. I knew that it was a short-lived career, but it actually lasted a lot longer than I thought. And I knew that I had to get out of it because I was going to get sick and old and tired and I needed to have a life outside of what I was doing. Uh, Right. And that's why I worked really hard at investing and flipping properties during that time. And it's like now it it paid off, but it was a lot of work. And, And again, we've had conversations. The key to that is to be clear, to not be a druggie, to not be an alky, to not be a party person. You're right. working 15 hours a day and then you're back on set the next day. You have to think about how to invest to get out of this shit because you're going to just slump over in some little apartment somewhere. So Right, yeah. That was always the goal. You had to like look at the future years in advance to see where you may potentially end up and then start over again something else fresh with energy and, and a clean life like I'm doing now. And I got my little tech monkeys here, my little tidy whitey boys. Good boys, you know, little nice little white people, you know, they don't understand because they look at me like a greasy Greek. They're like, what? Are they are they wearing their tidy whities right now? They're not. But I've asked them where their tidy whities, but they're not into it. They're wearing like loose Levi type of jeans with plaid shirts. Typical white people, probably unbathed, I'm sure. You know, it's a good day if they brush their teeth. You know, they're like production kids. One guy's got like a, a white beater, but a red one. You know, that's... They you would know, probably like... Like my nieces, they're at, uh, in Columbia studying film in here in Chicago or in Chicago. Oh, in film okay. School. Wow. So they're 21. If you guys are interested. I- yes. Oh, they're interested. Yes, we are. Yeah. And they yeah. love their chicks. They yeah, love they're, they're, their women. They're, they're redheads. They're adorable. They love so, red. You can each have one. <laughs> oh, they're, and these guys are cute boys and they're, they're sweet sure. and they're nice. I make fun of them, you know, with the not bathing. That's a joke. But. Right. They're good kids. They're clean kids. They're smart kids. They're educated kids. They don't smoke. They're not dopers. And they're good. just, and they're, and they're energetic. And they're right. honest. They come in here. The doors open. They eat. They drink. It's nice. It's, uh, so tell the girls, these guys are in their mid, mid 26 to 28. And, uh, and look younger. They look like 21, 22. They're like young, okay. young, fresh, clean. You know, ah, jealous. So jealous. good boys. And they also like to go to come to America. So <laughs> tell those nice little Midwestern chicky poos, you know, know, have green card, will travel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the land of opportunity. So where That's else right. can be an idiotic standard and make a zillion dollars and, and work in the Hollywood business and, and, you know, tell people you did a stand in thing. You're like, they look at you like, no, 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 but it was good. Right. <laughs> like, I know. Only in America. I tell your story a lot to people because they don't, they don't, they don't, I don't think they believe me. I'm like, no, really? Like I met this guy and I got to go through the whole chain. Yeah. Stand in, <laughs> you know, he wasn't just like me. Like there's other stand, like other stand-ins, but this, he was just making this ridiculous amount of money. And they were just like, how? I'm like, cause he was under his contract. It's insane. It was insane. And and I look back and I know that it's never going to happen again, Amy. And I know that it happened for a while. I know that nobody's on that kind of a deal. And somehow I broke into that deal and, you know, I just ran with it because I knew that they were oh. going to fire me or I was going to quit or I was going to die. Something was going <laughs> to happen. It was going to be over. So you just do what you can to move on and build for your future and think about where you're going to go because we're basically lost souls. I mean, we're stand-ins, we're extras, we're 
maybe actors, and we're just trying to figure that out. All I wanted was something solid like terra firma, watching Gone with the Wind. All right. I thought about is terra firma, terra firma. Buy something <laughs> that they can't take away from you. So yes. even if you grow older, you have a home, you can have a roommate, something, as long as you own it. So I bought right. my freedom at 50. So that, so that was good. So that, so that was that was fun. And speaking of, um, did you not work on Jenny's reality show? Oh, yes. The one Donnie Loves Jenny. The one that yes. was just a few, few. Yes, I did. I worked I, a couple episodes. And then the one year that I moved back there, she asked me, um, she's like, hey, you know, would you like to be part of the show more? And I said, sure. She's like, well, you can be on the show, but I also need a stylist. And I said, a what? She said, a stylist. And I said, like a not hairstylist. She goes, no, clothes stylist. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I guess add it to the resume. I can do it. I mean, <laughs> at the time I was going through my divorce, I needed the money. So I was like, well, I'll do it. She goes, well, you gotta, you have to move closer to me. So I moved closer to her, which I lived an hour away. And That's still sure far. Enough, I was, yeah, it was far. Cause I was lived closer to my mom at the time, which then she was able to help me with the kids. But I said, well, whatever, He'll, my kids will be closer with their net or my nephew, Evan, Jenny's son. And there I was buying her wardrobe, uh, you know, all the different websites out there. And there's not like I would go on and sometimes she would say, I need, you know, $10,000 worth of clothes. Why well, would do it? And then sometimes she wouldn't like any of them. Oh. And I'm like, here we go. I got to start all over again. But then, you know, there was times where I would start. It takes a while to get to understand like what people like is their style. And yeah. her, we both pretty much have the same style, but her as she got you know older it was like on a different level as mine like here I'm still at like probably Abercrombie and she's up here at like Saks you know and I yeah. was like well but you know it it was fun while it lasted but I you know I I enjoyed working on there I just was not you know a stylist but I, I made the best of it <laughs> <laughs> which is fun I didn't know that they were shooting that outside of Chicago I always thought that they were filming that in New York yes but... yeah because that's where it started they started it and then they decided they wanted to move to Chicago. So they said, well, let's make it part of the show where, hey, guess what? We're moving back to Chicago because that's where Evan's friends are and he will be a little bit more comfortable mm -hmm. within the, like, the school system and stuff like that. So they moved back, made it part of the show. And then I think it was like after two seasons or something like that, I think my nephew was just kind of like, eh, we're done. Like it was, it was basically like his show in a way. He was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So they were like, okay. That's so it. They were done. Yeah, that was it. But she, so where is she at with that now? And she's got the radio show, right, out of New York, the Jenny McCarthy on Sirius. Yes, she's got the radio show, and then Donnie goes back and forth doing Blue Bloods mm -hmm. to New York. To New York. Uh, so Great every show. Sunday, yeah, it is a good show. So every Sunday they leave Chicago, and they fly back to New York, and they come back on Wednesday night. So they have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, fly back to Chicago. So they just do this every week. Oh my God, that's exhausting. Yes. And to take is. care of the kid as well. Who's Yes. So they have someone that's there with him, obviously, because he's only 15. Yeah. So he can't like take care of himself, really, uh, or take himself to school. So they have someone to take care of him. But just and then she comes to uh, back on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. She does the radio out of her home. Oh, two of the days. Oh, OK. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's nice that yeah. she can do that. Yeah, I think the reason why she goes back to New York is so she can have ho or, uh, you know guests on the show. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know it's kind of hard to bring the guests into her home. Except when you're on radio, it's a little bit different. You can do it from anywhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fun because everybody goes through New York, and you should do it out of New York because they must have a hundred celebrities a day, Amy, on those morning shows. So you can right. pluck them out of the morning shows for daytime radio shows. And right. uh, they just, they fly in for two days from LA and they're all in there, like a slew of them. They're in all those midtown hotels. They come and they do a whole bunch of perks for their, for their shows and their films. And then they go back. Right. Yep. So it's not, so yeah. it's a, it's a fun gig for her. Is she still yeah. doing any films at all? Or is she stuck to what she's doing right now? Cause she's busy with it. Yeah. She's just doing what she's doing. Yeah. I think the film stuff is finished. I think she's, you know, realized like, her career, I don't want to say ended, but it's like this is, she found her niche. Mm -hmm. It's like this is this is working for her at the time. And you know how that it's such yeah. a, you know, your job can be done in like a day. So she's just, I think, just writing it out until something else comes along. But, you know, she's done pretty well as far as, you know, you know, TV and she did The View for a little while. And then mm -hmm. I, think I remember that. Yes. That was controversial. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was all because of, you know, the autism thing. Yes, yes.
and that was a good, you know, that she, I feel like that really helped her gave awareness to, Mm -hmm. to it. Not so much of what she stands by with the whole autism thing, but I think just autism in general, I think a lot of people don't know much or didn't know much about it until she became a voice for it. And I think it really helped, you know, a lot of parents like the, she has a, a charity foundation for it and it just helps so many families that, you know, we're at a loss of like, I, I lost my kid and they're mm-hmm. like, no, there's hope. So I think she's done a good job for that. I, I read a little bit about that, A.B., just on a, on a serious note. And I, I actually commend her for what she has done because she has brought awareness. I mean, even to people like me who's never going to have a kid and be a part of that world, I read and listened to her and I thought, you know, she makes sense. I'm not sure if I agree with all of it, but I thought you know what, there should be more research. There should be more on this. It's right. like, well, why do they have all these shots? I read that she like, do, do kids get like 36 shots when they're like little yeah. kids? That I mean, it's is that ridiculous? Yes. All like yeah, at the same time. So that combination, she's right. In, in any capacity, at any age, Amy, 36 shots to put into somebody's body when it's not developed or even right. barely developed as yes. a baby. Or you have kids have, you know, they're still growing. So your mm-hmm. brain is growing, your body is growing, your immune system is growing. And to throw, you know, a bunch at all at one time is just, it's absurd. And I think, you know, she tried to tell a lot of people where they think like, oh, she's against it a hundred percent. She's not against them. She's against it, how they bring them all together mm-hmm. at once instead of just kind of like spacing them all out. Because I think when we were kids, it was like eight, I think we got 18 shots throughout like our whole childhood. And now it's within a couple of years, it's like 36. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because now there are more artistic kids that I've ever seen before. And I see them on the streets. I see them on the subways. I see, and I thought, you know, growing up, we didn't have this issue. I don't remember right. many people having that. You just get a couple of shots here and there and that was about it. Yeah. But when I listened to what she said, everything made sense to me. She's not against any of it. She's just... Right. Let's just take a breather. Let's figure this thing out. Let's, you know, test these shots. Let's not do it all in two to three years. Let's do yes. it over seven, eight, ten years. And maybe not all of them, and maybe some for this and some for that. Not every kid needs the same stuff. Exactly. So they should do research, especially with all the medicine and the DNA samples and everything else that you have of two different parents today. I think she's 100% right. And she got criticized by the medical community, but not by people in general. Especially right. yes. mothers who started to look, and I, I read up on this thing, the the, uh, the community of Dan, you know, Defeat Autism Now. And right. I thought that was impressive. So I'm thinking how many thousands of people that she made this issue aware of. Like, right. People just don't know. They're just like, oh, no. okay, doctor says do it and we just do it. And I think that book, Louder Than Words, really spoke volume uh, yes, when it, it was done a few years ago. And she yeah, did what, I mean, three she, or four. A lot of a lot of people are just very like you know in, you got to do your own research. I did my own research when I had my kids, and mm-hmm. she she told me a lot of things too. But I said, you know what? I am the parent. I'm going to do my own research, and you know, I'll be honest. Like I was terrified because I said, no, I'm going to vaccinate. I'm going to vaccinate, uh, but I'll spread them out. And then it came down to the time of having to do it, and I said, I can't do it. And it till this day, my kids have not been vaccinated, wow. and not just. It wasn't just because of my sister. It was because what I researched on my own and seeing my nephew and seeing. So it's like I asked a lot of different moms and there were some moms that did. Some moms spaced them out. Some moms were telling me, get, buy this book, buy that book. And I did. And I just came to that point of that day I was supposed to go and get his first shots. And I said, can't do it. My gut is telling me no. And now with my second daughter, I did the same thing. No shots. And it's I'm happy that I didn't do it. How do the, how the kids are fine and normal and they're not, they get the measles, the mumps. She talked Knock about on. that big shot, the MMR thing. I mean, and they're fine. They're fine. And I just have to, you know, the school years have to get a form filled out through like the Department of Health. And I had to go there and get something signed by a nurse, you know, saying that, you know, I'm waiving, you know, the rights of not getting vaccinated. And, you know, I don't tell a lot of people just because you get a lot of like people that like roll their eyes like, oh, gosh, you know, her sister told her not to. And I and I I'll stand by it till the day I die. I'm like, no, nope, I did not listen to her. I listened to what she had to say, mm-hmm. but I didn't take I at the end of the day, I had to make the decision for my for my kids. And of course, you're the mother. Was, They're your yeah. kids, Amy. And I, I mean, I agree. It raises that question, that awareness at that point. Now that you're informed, most people are not informed. You you're informed a little bit through your sister, but then you did your own research as do many other moms. And today 
they think about what they want to do. She calls it an injury. I never even thought about the term as an injury. So her son, Evan, is is on a recovery mission at right. this point. I never even, yes. you know, why would I ever think about as as an injury? And she talks about it. it's like being hit by a bus. The kid yep. was hit by a bus and now he's going to recover from that injury by the bus. And so that's right. what she's trying to figure out how to... What parts, you know, which bones are broken? Is it the neck? Is it the brain? Is it the arm? And so that that takes years because right. it's, it's internal. Yes. Yeah. And he's come a lot. Like he's, mm-hmm. I, he is just, he's amazing to see. Um, it's like he's the face of autism and how kids can recover because that poor kid, seeing him back when he was 18 months old, having seizures, not speaking you know, was speaking way before that, like he was like, fine, you know, then he stopped making eye contact. He was just lost kid. And then, you know, she just put her heart and soul into it. And it's like, he's, he's like a a reborn kid just for all the things that she went through with him. And I mean, he's not fully recovered, but he is well on his way. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, he can definitely live a life on his own if he had to. Like he's very, very intelligent. He's high functioning. He goes to a regular school. He has friends. He has girlfriends. Like he's, he's, wow. he's great. He's very, very, very social. Very social. I mean, what does that say to the medical community, uh, Amy? I mean, does she publicize that enough so they actually understand that there has been a recovery from the injury? Do people know that, or do they think that it didn't work because she's maybe not in the limelight, or does she talk about it on her show often? She does. I, and I don't know how much she talks about it now, but if it's brought up in where she has to talk about, talk mm-hmm. about it with, with the recovery, she does. She, I mean, she, she still goes and speaks in front of a bunch of people every year about Good. this. Like she'll talk to families. She'll talk to, you know, she's, you know, she de- was doing a lot more media about it back in the day when she was trying to make, you know, everyone aware. Mm-hmm. But I think now people know they don't, she doesn't need to really aware, make awareness of it anymore. It's just known like, Oh, there's Jenny McCarthy. She's the face of, you know, you know, yeah. don't vaccinate or autism. So I hear where she's coming from. Cause it, who knows? So when I was reading this stuff and she's looking for pure, cleaner vaccines, I can't believe it's never been an agenda by the medical community to, you know, have that said to, to the doctors, the pediatricians who are caring for their kids. And here you are not vaccinating your kids because of your research. Right. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm going by what, what I've been told as far as why pediatricians and why the medical community doesn't, you know, look at it at, on, like the way we look at it is because they only see the one side of what they're taught in the medical. Sometimes they don't want to go outside that holistic or the natural mm-hmm. side because they're, you know, and they get paid too. Like, uh, you know, if, if you give so many vaccines throughout the year, that's your bonus at the end of the year. Yeah. So they're going to, you know, let's say they're, yeah, millions. And that's why the pharmaceutical company is like astronomical because they make so much money off of these doctors pushing and pushing and pushing Mm -hmm. all these vaccines. And just, and I think there was just something I just read recently that there was somebody was given like $1.5 million for um, like an injury to their kid for um, the shots. So someone, this is like the first case I think that finally went to the court where they're, being honored this money for an injury case. Good, good. Maybe yeah. it'll, maybe it'll start a snowball effect because these doctors and these medical companies, from what I've been seeing and reading over the years, yes. they really fuck you up. And and yeah. I've noticed that in my own body when you take certain uh, medications, prescribed medications for whatever the reason is a sinus infection, a ear infection. You you don't you feel like you're about to die or explode. Right. And we're old enough to to say what we want to say to a doctor, but these kids. You have to wait until they react, and it may take months or years before right. you really know what happened. So that makes it even more difficult. And then you're the parent. You know, yes. I can turn around tomorrow morning and tell my doctor, I feel like my heart was trembling during with this pill, and he'll stop it. But how do you talk to a three-year-old? It, right. Yes. You know, so yeah. she's right with bringing the awareness. Think about the millions of people that have woken up to understanding that there's an alternative. Not to, yes. you know, you don't have to do it, but there's an alternative. There's something. And who? This hot little blonde bombshell. You know, it's not right. that she's like some, you know, medical expert. She just says, you know what? Something is smelling like shit over here. And yes. I'm going to figure this thing out slowly. And so it's, it's, as much as they want to dismiss this this blonde booby chick, Miss Playmate <laughs> of the Year, there she is showing right. us that she's got, um, you know, brains and uh, and boobies. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, and I, I give her a lot of credit because there's a lot of haters out there and a lot of people mm-hmm. that, you know, give her like death threats out there still to this day. Like she's, you know, this, she's like, you know, I don't even want to get into it, but you know, yeah. it's just, it's, it, everyone's going to have an opinion and, but she has to take a lot of slack for it, but you know what? It gave it, this, it, it helped a lot of people in the long run. How was Evan's relationship when she was with Jim Carrey? How was Evan and Jim's relationship? Yeah, amazing. They had like it was they had a really good close bond. Those they did. Yeah, he was he loved him a lot. He looks like he'd be a great fun father. You know, just like he just he looks like he wants to care for kids all the time. So he got to like have one there for a while, and I'm sure they still connect. You know, here and there whenever they see each other. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Evan was at like one of his moments where he was still having seizures a lot back then, and. He was in and like they had to put him in an induced coma. And I think Jim came to the hospital and was just very, like, very consoling and just said, you know what, you two, this is when Jenny was living alone at the time and just said, you guys, you got to move in with me. I want to be able to take care of you two. Wow. It's very, very sweet. He just seems like he always was. I've met him a couple of times, of course, at Nick Cage's wedding with Lisa Marie. But uh, I think that they were a good match together, I think, uh, Jim and uh, and Jenny, for their time. You know, it was a J&J show because they both had that offbeat, crazy-ass humor personality. And I I think it could have been a lot of fun together. I'm surprised that they didn't last. But then she went on with Donnie. And Donnie's a great guy. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yes, he fits the the role of a you know because he had dad himself with he has yeah. his own kids and then he's you know a great stepdad and him and Evan have you know a lot of fun together so it's it was a good a good match again yeah. <laughs> she seems to find good matches for herself well you know it's listen sometimes people are not compatible to spend twenty years with the same person sometimes and especially in this world of celebrityism like yourself and like myself to be with somebody for twenty years right we have larger personalities we have you know we're a little more of extroverts a lot of people are not you know so right. these people and like us we still all want love but sometimes we're a little louder about it and sometimes right. <laughs> other people can't take it. And that's yeah. okay, too. As long as you part in an amicable way, and you understand that, hey, this was great for five years. You're a lovely person. But this person feels right at this time. And I think right. that that's more important. Exactly. Yep. Because you never know. And um, But are, are you guys close with uh, Melissa? We Yeah. I mean, we grew up not, you know, we don't see her as much as we used to. But growing up, we spent a lot of time together because uh, they lived on a farm. Oh. where my, my dad and her dad would go fishing basically every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So in the summers was amazing because we would spend a lot of time with them, you know, fishing. And I know it doesn't sound like super fun, but I love to fish. I still do to this day. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it's soothing, uh, Amy. Yeah. It's soothing, and especially out in those small Midwestern towns. It's fun. And hers was at the time very small. So she has another sister as well. So I'm, I'm pretty close with her, her sister, Margie. So we, you know, we like, again, once you're in that celebrity world, yeah, you don't really see family as much anymore. Like I, you know, I haven't seen Missy in a long time and I, I've seen her sister Margie, um, just not too long ago. So, but yeah, it's, it's tough to stay even with my own sister. I don't even get to see her as much anymore because the yeah. celebrity world just takes over. Yeah. People are in different towns and, and yes. it's always been that way though. I mean, are you glad that you're not in the celebrity world. Absolutely. God, I feel yes. the same way. Yes. <laughs> like I, I like do. this, but it's low key. It's behind a computer. It's at a desk. You don't have to look fantastic. You don't have to worry about looking, you know, wonderful. You can say stupid things. It's okay. Nobody's going to say right. anything. It's just so like, much better. I like being able to walk out my door and not have like cameras in my face. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being in, in West Hollywood because she lived in West Hollywood when I did. And one time we had to, Jenny was, I think just had Evan. So she had her stroller. I didn't have any kids at the time. And we were at some little restaurant in West Hollywood. And they, she said, oh no, the paparazzi's outside. And I was like, oh great. So she's like, you have to be me. So she went out the back door, got in her car and left. And here's me walking with the stroller down the street. And they're taking pictures of me. And I, I think I might've put her sunglasses on too. And we totally fooled them because it ended up in the magazine. It was uh. actually <laughs> not of her. It was great. Well, you guys look so much alike, though. I mean, I mean that's yeah. the truth of it all. You're very close in age, and you guys look alike, and you're stunning, too beautiful. Oh, like all thanks. the sisters are beautiful, and but you guys look have a very similar feel about you, and both you know fun and bubbly and all yeah. out there. 
Right. She's a little bit more vocal, as yes. we know. So yeah. I'm a little bit more reserved. And they would say that about me, like, oh, she's the good one. She's the good one. I'm like, well, I'm not that good, yeah. but I'm, I just am not as vocal. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's not as a, not as opinionated yeah. uh, in the limelight. And that's okay. Right. So there's yeah. different personalities and she does what she does and you do what you do. And yes. you're a, basically, you're a fitness instructor now, which I may yes. start, you know, well. Right. I have to like slim it all down. Well, never mind. I will think about that another time. But <laughs> just thinking about how I want to appear on a, on a webcam when I'm working out. I'm going to look like Richard Simmons. So you <laughs> <laughs> get those short shorts on, get the tank top on. Oh, yep. yeah. 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 With the jock strap underneath it all. Dancing that'll, to the oldie. <laughs> that'll work. <laughs> that'll get me fired for myself. <laughs> so, Amy, it's almost one o'clock and okay. uh, it's time for you to rock. That's and, right. I gotta uh, get my fitness on. Yes, get your fitness on. We're gonna have our little roast beef sandwiches with Yummy. my little uh, with my boys. And I want to thank you for being on my show. So I really appreciate it very much, Amy. I mean, I love you, and I was so Anytime. happy that you said yes. Thank you. Love you, Marco. Love you too. Okay, honey. <laughs> Bye. Have a good day. Thank, thank you. you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This concludes our podcast with Amy McCarthy. We reminisced about our fun times filming National Treasure in Los Angeles. Until next time, this is Marco Kira signing off. Oh.